Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is the beginning of our brand new series called With Us. It's our Christmas series and it's talking about the various names of the Lord. And in this one, Pastor Omar Lopez starts us off in the message, With Us, Emmanuel. If you haven't checked out our Facebook or Instagram, follow us at PC Paramount. Also, be sure to check out our website at PraiseChapelParamount.com. It's loaded with tons of information and resources. Enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. I honestly believe that today, and I believe God's going to do some great things. And again, we just welcome everyone Uh, I'm going to read a a verse of scripture here in just a moment out of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And uh, we start a new series today called With Us. And basically, God is with us, right? And so we decided to call it With Us today. So we're going to talk about the names of God. And we're going to talk about that he's with us and that every name is so significant uh, to who he is and our relationship with him. And as we get closer to December 25th, how many know what December 25th is? Christmas Day, right? And it's all around the world. There's one day in the world, basically, that uh, everything is paused for just a moment to celebrate Christmas. And it's amazing to me that an event that happened over 2,000 years ago can still cause so many traffic jams, right? And all the malls to be all crowded and everything like that. But uh, when we talk about Christmas and the centerpiece uh, of history today, it really is actually uh, Christmas is actually divides history or splits history. Uh, the Bible, uh, or not the Bible, but they've made uh, it A.D. or B.C., B.C. before Christ, and A.D., which comes from... Uh, a Latin phrase, Anno Domini, which is the year of the Lord. So our calendar is based on the birth of Christ, uh, 2020 from the birth of Christ. And believe it or not, every event or all these years is based on the birth of Christ and the day that he was born. And it's significant this morning that we understand the birth of Christ, uh, And uh, there's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It's a prophetic word talking about the birth of Christ. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. It said he will be called Wonderful Consular, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So let me take a moment here to pray and ask the Lord to help us as we dive into this message this morning. So, Father, we thank you today. Your word is powerful. Your word today, God, is so sacred and precious. We thank you, God, that your word changes lives. Your word transforms hearts today. And so I pray this morning as I minister the word, uh, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your truth today. And I pray today that people would hear the voice behind the voice in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. And so again, this is the prophetic word that is uh, basically declaring uh, the, the birth of Christ. And there's another verse of scripture a few chapters before that, that I want to focus on this morning out of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And it says this, it says, therefore the Lord himself 
will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. This is really powerful this morning because this prophecy was written 700 years before Christ was born. And it's talking about the birth of Christ and that the birth would take place from or be conceived from a virgin. And the Bible says that they will call him Emmanuel. And that's what I want to talk about today. Emmanuel means God is with us. That's what Emmanuel means. And the Bible specifically says that that would be a name that Jesus would have as he would be Emmanuel. So 2,000 years ago or 20, 20 years ago, uh, Jesus was prophesied or actually uh, 700 years before that, it was prophesied that Jesus would be born and his name would be Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. How many thank God that God is with us today? (laughs) I mean, it's real significant when we think about that the Lord is with us And here's the thing, the reason God is with us today, and the reason why we need so much of God in our lives is God in his infinite love has always tried to have relationship with us, always wanted to rebuild that relationship that was torn apart, we know, with Adam and Eve. The Bible says that God gave some simple instruction to Adam and Eve. You can have everything that is in the garden except don't touch that tree. And what do they do? They touch the tree, right? They mess with the tree that they're not supposed to mess with. It's like our children, right? You can do anything you want, but don't touch that. And what do they do? They want the very thing you tell them not to. And the consequences of that sin and the consequences of that rebellion, uh, we know this morning that uh, basically it separated and severed their relationship with God. And God has always, his love for his people has always been to mend that relationship and to restore relationship and to have his presence with us. I want his presence with us. That's what we need to be seeking this morning. But here's the thing. Jesus came in a way that they did not expect. The God of the universe would be born not in a palace, but born in a barn. Not surrounded by wealth, but surrounded by filth. Not surrounded by the most important people, but actually the most lowest people. I almost have to, as God was saying, uh, you're not too low that I can't reach you. You're not too broken that I don't love you. And the Bible says when he was born, he was wrapped in swaddling cloth. And here's the significance behind the swaddling cloth is the swaddling cloths are actually uh, done for, uh, for someone that has died. When it's your burial, that's when they put you in swaddling cloths. And it's, it's significant because they were already foreshadowing the death of Jesus by putting him in the swaddling cloth. So a Savior was born just to die. I like the way this article put it. It says that God intrudes whether you like it or not. God is knocking on the door of your life and the door of human history, and he will knock on your door over and over again. Whether you like it or not, he is intruding. 
Emmanuel entered into the world through a no entry, and he entered the world through the virgin womb. It shouldn't have been able to happen. Then Emmanuel, God is with us, exited the world through a no exit, the empty tomb. He came through the virgin womb and left through the empty tomb. Now you say, why did he have to be born of a virgin? Well, it's very simple. The Bible says that all of us are sinners, and the reason that we are sinners is because we've been born with a human father, and our sin nature is passed through the seed of the father. Jesus, though, was not born with the seed of a human father, but with the seed of the Holy Spirit, and so he came God in the flesh. He was born without the sin nature for the very purpose of becoming the innocent, sinless Lamb of God, slain for the sins of the world, a God born to die so that we can live. That's love, hallelujah. I said that is the love of God. And so this morning when we talk about Emmanuel, again, it's saying that God is with us. Now God is dwelling among us, that his presence is here, that he is here. And of course, Jesus came in the flesh. Now all of us this morning at some point in our lives are always saying, God be with me. Have you ever said that? God be with us. Say, God be with me. It could be even as you're driving and maybe on a long trip with your children and you say, God be with us that my children don't kill each other or I'm going to kill them, right? God be with us this morning uh, uh, that uh, before you go into the mall that you're not going to get into fight with people. God be with us that I can find a good parking spot. Am I right? God be with us or God be with me uh, when I, you know, go to this interview. How many have ever done that? Before I take the year, God be with me. God give me the words. Or if you're in college, or if you've ever taken a final exam, God be with me that I can pass the test, that I can pass the final exam. And God's saying back, if you'd have studied, I could have probably helped you a little bit more, but you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? So all of us this morning are always praying, God be with me. I'm going to read you a scripture out of the book of Matthew because it really fulfilled that scripture it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. In other words, the birth of Christ and God being with us this morning, that his whole purpose was to die for our sins in order to save us. Now, here's the tremendous thing about his name and the prophecy and the prophetic word that was given about Jesus. Again, 700 years before he was ever born. I mean, that is how detailed, that is how accurate. You cannot guess 700 years that something's going to happen the way he described it. The way Isaiah said he would not only be born, but that he would be conceived of a virgin and that his name or that his name would be called Emmanuel signifying God is with us. Let me show you in the New Testament here how it's fulfilled. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, and it says, because he saved his people from their sin. And all this took place, why? To fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Again, it's quoting Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, 
and they will call him Emmanuel. Hallelujah. They will call him Emmanuel. I mean, this is earth-shattering news that God would become one of us. Are you listening to me? That God would come to the earth, that God would be with us in the flesh. I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing to think that the presence of God, that God himself would become like one of us. In fact, the Bible tells us in several places, especially in the Old Testament, that the only the high priest could enter in to the Holy of Holies and offer a sacrifice. In fact, he went into the, into the Holy of Holies behind this curtain or this veil of metal, and he would go behind there and offer the offering. Now, now the, uh, the priest had to go through all of these rituals in order to cleanse and be cleansed. Otherwise, if there are things that were not right in that priest's life and he went to present the offering, he would die. And it would be difficult. Nobody could go behind the curtain, so it was difficult to get the guy out. So what they started doing was they would tie a rope to the priest just in case there was something wrong in his life. And uh, they would make sure that he would make the sacrifice, but if, 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 if he wasn't right, he would die in the presence of God. He would die just like that. And so many times the priest would die, and they would just yank on the, on the rope and realize the guy's dead, and they just drag him out by the rope. True story, read the Old Testament. But thank God we have a high priest today. His name is Jesus, and he went behind the veil for us forever. But believe it or not, back in the Old Testament, the, the only one that went into the Holy of Holies, that went into the presence of God where God would dwell, was the priest himself. But today, we have the presence of God in our hearts, in our lives. His name is Jesus. His name is Emmanuel. And he dwells within us. This is why it was so fascinating when the wise men came where Jesus was born. And the Bible says they worshiped him. They gave their offerings. Uh, they gave them the myrrh. They gave them the, the gold, the frankincense, all of this. Uh, and they worshiped Jesus uh, because they knew he was. They realized this was God in the flesh. Now, let me read you this scripture that many of us already know. John chapter 1, verse 1. It said, in the beginning was the word. The word is Jesus. And the word was with God. And the word what? Became flesh and dwelt among us. There's another version, the paraphrased version in the Message Bible. It said, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Hallelujah. I love the way it says that. He moved into your home. He moved into your neighborhood. He moved where you live. Jesus Christ came so that you could experience his love. And so when we think about it, so many times we uh, often we talk about God with us, but we don't really think the significance of that. We don't realize how powerful that is, that God is with you, that the God of the universe chooses to have a relationship with you, that the God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, you can talk to him on a daily basis, that you can come into the throne room, again, the Holy of Holies, you can come into the throne room at any moment of your life, even as we're worshiping here today, even in your home. You don't have to even be here. You can be in your living room. You can be in your prayer closet at home or in a room somewhere and the presence of God is right there with you. God is hearing you. God is listening to you. I don't know about you, but that is good news. That is gospel this morning. And how could God make it any more clear to us today 
that he loves us, that he was willing to dwell with us. He's with you. He's with you in your pain. He's with you in your heartache. He's with you in your confusion. He's with you this morning when you misunderstand things, when you got questions. He's with you in your doubts. And he's here this morning to lift you out of your brokenness, out of your despair, and let you know there's hope that he's with you. You're not alone. Even though there may be people that may forsake you, there may be people they may turn on you, but God never turns his back on you. He's always with you no matter what. Man, as long as we have the presence of God, we have hope today. Jesus said this. I love what he says here in John 10, 10. I've come in order that you might have life and life to his fullest. So if you've read another version, life more abundantly. He's not talking about just life of heaven. He's talking about life right here. In other words, I want to be with you right now. I want to help you right now where you're at. I I, I want to be with you. In fact, the Bible said that God loves us so much in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 16, that he has your name engraved in his palm. That's how much he thinks about you. In other words, God has your, your name and your face on his refrigerator. Every day he opens it up. There you are right there. He's thinking about you. The Bible says you're the apple of his eye. He is thinking about you. You're on his mind. So as much as you may think, God doesn't care. No one cares. And you know what? Maybe no one cares, but God cares. And, I, I, and honestly, that's all we need. As long as God cares about us, he loves us. He cares about us. He's thinking about us this morning. He's watching over our lives today. This is why he's with us is so significant today that he, he was, he's with us so much and care that he went out to find you. You didn't find God. God found you. You were lost. God was not lost, right? People say, I found God. God wasn't lost. You were lost. God found you. You were lost. You were in despair. You were looking for hope. You were looking for answers. And he was in front of you all of the time. On the other hand, this morning, he loves you and wants you in his family. But many times, we don't even think about how much God loves us. We don't think about how much he wants to identify with us. I, I, love, I love in the Old Testament how God identifies himself with the people that trust him. And throughout the Old Testament, and I'll tell you what I mean in just a moment, but many times in the Old Testament, God identified himself by the people that trusted in him. For instance, he said, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. So God was willing to put himself on the line with imperfect people, with people that were broken, with people that had a lot of shortcomings, and he said, I am the God of Jacob. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. Now, how how does that, it it just shows us that he had this father-like figure to you and I, and he wants to identify with you by your own name even. Think think about it this way. Uh, Many of you may have children, and... When people will say, this is my dad, people will tell you, you know, or I am Jacob's dad, or I am my son Omar's dad, or I'm, I'm my son Isaiah's dad. Uh, you know, we identify ourselves by our children. 
don't know if you've ever seen seen that. You meet the other kid, they go, this is so-and-so's dad. And so God basically is doing the same thing. He's identifying himself through the people that trust him. And yet these were some imperfect people. And yet he was still willing to put, he says, I am the God of this person, even, even though he has failed. Are you with me? I'm with them and I identify with them. I belong to them. They belong to me, even if they're imperfect. I was thinking about Abraham and some of you guys here today, man, I'm telling you, if, if there's a knucklehead in Old Testament, it would be Abraham. The Bible says that he, he not only he has his wife, Sarah, but he ends up having a baby from his handmaiden, okay? And then he shows up in Egypt, and he says, tells his wife, you know what? You're so beautiful, they're going to they're gonna kill me if I tell them you're my wife, so just tell them you're my sister. And he tells them, yeah, you know, she's my sister. And they go, okay, well, here's some horses and here's some um, sheep. In other words, he kind of sells her off. Are you with me? And finally, if you know the story, the Bible said that the, the disease came to the people of Egypt and Pharaoh found out that this was not his sister, it was his wife. And he said, hey, listen, you didn't tell me the truth. Get out of here. Get away from us, man. You've called all kinds of pain. And could you imagine the pain there was after his wife got home and they had a discussion, so you sold me off for some sheep. That's not a good idea. You, 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 you sold me off and said I was your sister. But these guys had so many mistakes, so many shortcomings in their life, and yet God was willing to say, I'm the God of Abraham. He was willing to be patient enough to say, so today, God is your God today. Are you listening to me? God is your God. He's the God of Dennis. He's the God of Peter. He's the God of Carly. He's the God today of Brother Ray right here. He's the God of Ray. He's the God. He's the, he calls himself by his name or our name to approve his name, believe it or not, to say he belongs to us or we belong to him. I mean, that is fascinating to me. That is so powerful to me that God's willing to do all of this even despite our shortcomings. And so here we need to think about that God identifies with us because he wants you and I to know that he's with us and that we belong to him and he belongs to us. Now, even as we get closer to Christmas, even as we get, as we're in this, what they call the holiday season or the Christmas season, and this is the time where we kind of get into a place where people say, hey, this is the time you're with family and friends and all of that. And of course, uh, you know, with all this pandemic, a lot of different things are happening, right? I, 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 I noticed a picture, somebody had posted a picture and they, they had a Santa picture and Santa had the shield on, and the kids were up in the front, like six feet from him. I said, wow, that is kind of different, you know. And Santa's in the background, you know, with the shield on. And so, anyway, that's a whole different story. But I was thinking about this whole season that we're in. But even despite the pandemic, even despite all of those things, uh, uh, and some, some of us this morning would say, well, you know, I need to feel the goosebumps. You know, you just need to know and have faith that God's with you. You don't need to feel the goosebumps. I don't feel God. Well, he's with you. Just trust me. He is with you. Uh, so many of us, we go by feelings. Man, feelings will let you down. Feelings will deceive you. F feelings will get you depressed. 
Because it's not about a feeling. It's about having faith in God, that knowing that he's with you. That's all. It's not feelings. I'm going to just be honest. I don't always feel it. I just know it. I have. I just faith it. I don't feel it. Hallelujah. I just faith that, God, you're with me. You're in this place. I'm declaring it. I, I see your promises. It's not about... It's not about the goosebumps. But Christmas is the great magnifier. And what I mean by that, again, you need to be careful and know that God's with you, uh, but realize that it's the great magnifier. It magnifies the good in your life, and it magnifies all the good things that are happening, especially during this season, but it also magnifies the things that are not so good in your life. It can magnify loneliness. It can magnify painful things in your life. It could magnify some things even this year. Listen to me. I'll be honest with you. It may magnify the empty chair of the person that's not going to be there this year because they passed away or because someone's distant or a divorce or whatever. Some things that have, you know, some bad news that you got. It can magnify some bad health issues and a divided family. And you need to be, you need to be very careful as you pray through this thing, as you go through this season, don't let that big magnifier take away the fact that God is still with you in your pain, in your confusion, in your loss. Because if you let that be magnified in your life, it'll totally, totally, totally destroy what God's trying to do, and it'll totally eliminate that the presence of God is still with you. See, uh, let me just tell you, the Bible is not just a, a, a word just that you're going to be joyous, you're going to be happy all the time. Uh, the, the Bible doesn't show me that. The Bible says that God is with us. Jesus, before he ascended, he said, I'm with you always. Is that what he said? He said, I'm with you always. That's the promise of God that he's with us all the time. And so why did God come to this earth? Why in the world did Jesus come to this earth? Because, again, Jesus wanted us to relate to him. I love Philippians chapter uh, 2, verse 5. It says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God. In other words, he, he'd always been God by nature is what he's saying. He invaded this world. He came into this world. And people would say, well, Jesus was just a great teacher or Jesus was just a great prophet or Jesus was just a great uh, person. But Jesus never claimed any of those things. Jesus himself proclaimed to be God, and he proclaimed to be God in the flesh. Jesus proclaimed that this morning. That's why they wanted to stone him. That's why they wanted to get rid of him. In fact, he said this, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 says, Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before God made anything at all. And in fact, Christ himself, what? Is the creator who made everything in heaven and in earth. So Christ himself is the creator. He is God in the flesh. And I'm going to read this scripture again out of John chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to read the, all the verses here, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and there was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, 
and the light shined in the darkness, but the darkness did not understand it. So Jesus is saying, or the Bible is saying that God, or Jesus, the word, is God in the flesh, and he dwelt among us. He became flesh. I said, he became like you and I this morning. He became a man. And verse number seven, go back to Philippians chapter two, verse seven, it says, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man. Or another version says, he became like men and was born a human being. So the reality is this, that God came in the flesh. Jesus became a man. He was 100% man and 100% God. He became one of us. He wanted to communicate with us. He wanted us to relate. So I've read this quote, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, if God wanted to communicate with dogs, he would have became a dog. If God wanted to communicate with birds, he would have became a bird. But God wanted to communicate with people, so he became a person. That's incarnation. God became human form. He became like one of us. He was born like we were born, but of course without the, the sin nature. And instead of coming with his grand entrance, he was born in a stable. The Bible says in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. In other words, he was the person that grew with understanding just like a human would. He didn't have a big parade. And then the Bible says he was tempted in all points just like we were, just without sin. In other words, Jesus knows all the temptations that you are going through. Here's the great thing about God being with us and God becoming like us is this, that you can't say God doesn't understand what I'm going through. Can I tell you? He does. He's been there. He was a human being just like you. I said he was a human being just like you. The Bible says he was tempted in every area, but yet he didn't sin. Temptation is not a sin. Falling into temptation is a sin. He was tempted in every area. So there's no place you can say, well, you know, God doesn't understand. I'm tempted. I'm this and that. Yeah, God knows exactly, exactly what you're feeling, exactly what you're going through. He's gone through the same temptation, yet the Bible says he didn't fall in the sin. He didn't fall for the, for the temptation or fall into the temptation. He withstood it, and so therefore, he can give you the power to withstand it. He can give you the ability to overcome it because he's been there just like you. So whenever somebody tells you, well, you don't know what I'm going through, say, I may not know what you're going through, but God does. God literally knows what you're going through. He knows the emptiness. He knows the, the temptation of loneliness. He knows the temptation of all of these things. Yet the Bible says he did not sin. Now think about this this morning. When we think about Jesus and the fact that he's with us and why he came to this earth, I love this quote, and I'm going to read it to you. It said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. 
If our greatest need had been government, God would have sent us a politician. If our greatest need had been health, God would have sent us a doctor. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. Can you say amen? I I love that. That's why Jesus came to save you from your sin, to be with us this morning, to let us know today that we are not alone. And And the greatest way that God demonstrated that is that he came in the flesh himself this morning and he laid down his life for our sin. He paid the price for our sin. When we think about all the sin that we've ever committed in life and that Jesus this morning was willing to die for our sins. How many of us this morning, if we could stack up our sins, if we could stack them up, how high would our sins be? If we can put them in boxes in this room, how many rooms would you fill? Some of you could probably fill a few warehouses, amen, a few hangers, man. Right? (laughs) If we could stack them up, I mean, let's be honest. Think about all of those boxes of sin and Jesus on the cross, and he bore our sin on the cross, and he wiped the slate clean. He cleaned it all up so that you can be forgiven. You could be walking in freedom today. But here's the significant thing about salvation and that God being with us this morning. He can't save you unless you understand you need saving. He can't save you this morning unless you realize that you need a Savior. All of us need a Savior. The Bible says, For unto you, for unto you this day is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I've used this illustration. I'll use it again. It says, The lifeguard, when you're a lifeguard, I've never been one. Anybody here ever been a lifeguard? Okay, nobody wants to admit it, but some, maybe somebody here has been a lifeguard. I think it was Rob. Was it Rob that said he was a, Pastor Rob, right? That he was a lifeguard actually at one time. <clears throat> it says, a lifeguard is taught this, that when they swim out to a person who is drowning, that person who is drowning usually wants to grab them right away. And so what they do is they tread water around the person that is drowning because they're so panicked. It says, if you grab that person right away, that person will grab you and take you down. So you got to wait a little bit for that person to kind of stop giving, to stop trying to save themselves and kind of give up a little bit. And when they start getting tired enough, then, then you could save them because at that point, the person stopped trying to save themselves and they let you save them. It's the same way as people today as long as you think i'm okay i'm not that bad christ can save you as long as you say i'm all right you know i'm not that bad of a person i'm okay i'm gonna make it in i'm telling you you can't make it in without jesus he's the way the truth and the life when the person realizes they need a savior more than anything else in their life this morning that's when god can save them but as long as you think you don't need saving, God can't save you. You got to realize today that you need a Savior. All of us need a Savior. All of us need a relationship. All of us need Christ with us. Can you say amen? We need God to be with us this morning. 
We need God to come in our hearts this morning and realize today and be confident that God is with us. Because many times in life, especially during this season and where we're at right now, and so many things that we're dealing with, they're shutting everything down and all of that. Friend, I know that God's with us. Despite everything that's going on, despite all the things, you know what? I, I, I have hope. Hallelujah. I have a hope in a great God. He's my God. He's your God. Can you say amen? And he's bigger. Can I just say this? God's bigger than government. God's bigger than any person. God is large and in charge. Am I right this morning? He is still God. In fact, I'm going to have the worship team come up. And I'm going to just pray today. I, I want to just, I'm hoping this message would encourage you. you. Some of you need some encouragement this morning. You came into this house and, and friend, if you listen to the news, you keep listening to the bad news, man, you're going to get depressed. Did you know the gospel, the word gospel means good news? I come to bring you good news that God is with you today, that God is with us. That's the good news. And that no matter what's happening in your life, what's transpiring, what, what the news says, what people are saying, what all of these things... I, I know the good news that Jesus is with us today. I'm not alone. I'm, by, I'm not by myself. So I want to pray. Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment. So, Father, all over this house right now, people are sitting in this room today. I pray this word would encourage them. I pray this word today would lift their spirits this morning. I pray today that they'll know that they're not alone, that they're never by themselves. That, God, you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. That, God, today we are confident, according to the word of God, that, Lord, you're with us today. And so, Holy Spirit, help us this morning. Help us today, God, to just lean on you today. Just lean on you. So, Father, today, give us strength. Give us grace. Move throughout this house this morning by the power of God. And so perhaps you're listening online. Perhaps you're in this room. Whatever is going on in your life right now, but you've never given your life to Christ. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never surrendered your heart. Again, God can't save you unless you realize you need saving. But you, I'm here to tell you, you're drowning. You're drowning in your sin. In fact, every human being is drowning in their sin. The Bible says, for all of us have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. Every single person. There's none righteous, not even one. The, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3 that there's just none righteous, not even one person. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. We're all drowning in our sin. All of us have gone astray, the Bible says. All of us have. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin is death. In other words, sin will ultimately destroy us, ultimately kill us. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The gift. Jesus is the gift. This Christmas, you'll be opening a lot of gifts, but I can tell you the greatest gift is Jesus. The gift of God is eternal life. He wants to change your life. He wants to forgive you of your sins this morning. 
He wants to come in your heart. He wants to be your Savior today. You can't save yourself. You need a Savior. His name is Jesus. So if you're in this room right now or you're listening online, you say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life today. I need Christ to come in my heart. I need a Savior. I admit that I need God to save my soul. If that's you right now, raise your hand. Is there anyone in this room? I don't want you to leave here without the Lord in your life right now. Just raise your hand and say, that's me. I need Christ in my life. I need Jesus as my Savior. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. If you're online, let us know this morning. We'll have some people pray with you. If you need Jesus in your life, you need a Savior, you need to surrender your life to him. Amen. Let us know. Amen. Communicate that with us. We'll have somebody praying with you online. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we thank you. God, you are with us. Why don't we stand together? You know, I feel this morning that some some of you, I shouldn't say some of you, I, I believe many of you, you need to know that God's with you. That he's not forsaken you. That God's with you every moment of every second of the day. E even, even when things are not going well, he's still with you. The fact that things are, the fact that you have problems doesn't mean that God's with you. That God's going to be with you in the midst of your problems, right? He's going to be with you in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your battle. In the midst of your loneliness, God is there. In the midst when things are not going well, God is still Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.